welcome to Cinema Wellman. I'm your host, Dr. David, and I'm wearing my scrubs and gloves today because in this episode, I'll be, pardon the joke, delivering 11 baby movies that attempt to capture the staggering impact a tiny human can have on the lives of grown-ass adults. And yet another Cinema Wellman first, this will be the first episode in which I did not select the movies I'm about to talk about. This is episode 76, and this is the first time that I kind of relinquished control of the movies to uh, friends and family. My family, really. My family is about to be doubly blessed very, very soon, as my niece Allison and her husband Orlando are expecting their first child, as are my cousin John and his wife Kara. And, and so close together, this is going to be wonderful. To honor these two new additions, not only to the family, but to the planet, uh, we're going to talk about baby movies today. And as I mentioned, I had nothing to do with these choices. I just asked my family to submit their favorite movies featuring babies, and this is what I was given. And I'm so thankful that no one suggested baby geniuses and or any of the Look Who's Talking movies. Thank you so much, family. I love you so much. Um, but so here's what I was given. Now, I am the proud father of two phenomenally wonderful young women who I thought of constantly while I watched these films. I'd like to think that I did a better job than the hapless dads that populated these movies, but my girls would be a better judge of that. There were three movies on this list that I had never seen before, but I screened all 11 to prepare for this episode. You know, I kind of like doing that. That's why I do this. Uh, Baby Overload may explain why I had an odd dream earlier this week. I was on an airplane, so you know it's a dream. And not only was I, I on the airplane, I was on an airplane and I was sitting next to the emergency hatch. Thank you, Alaska Airlines, for adding that to my nightmares. Behind me was a baby, a, a good-sized baby. And the baby was crawling around unencumbered by parental guidance or leashes or anything. And the baby crawled over my headrest and crawled and was crawling next to the uh, emergency door. And you know how it has that that cover over the handle so you don't, like, accidentally do it? The baby crawled behind it, behind the, the cover. And I was yelling at them, your baby, your baby is like, and the baby starts to try to open the door mid-flight. And uh, mom behind me calms the baby down and the baby comes out. But when the baby comes out, the baby's like really <laughs> small. It was so weird. Still fully dressed, even had a hat on, but it was more like an opossum. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, I think that's because of all the baby movies that I watched. So here are the 11 baby movies I was given for this project, and they are presented in no particular order. We're going to start with a sci-fi thriller set in 2027 in a world where women have become infertile. You never know what you'll get when you ask your family for movie suggestions. I love this so much. It's from 2006, and it's Children of Men. This is a wild premise when you think about it. What would, it, what would the world be like if babies suddenly stopped 
being born. Clive Owen plays a man who encounters a miraculously pregnant woman who, as you would imagine in this world, would cause quite a stir uh, in this in this era of non-pregnancies if she was exposed. Owen's character must escort the woman and her unborn child to safety across a bleak and violent landscape. Good movie, but certainly a bad place for a baby. Another bad place for a baby? Las Vegas. From 2009, it's The Hangover. Is The Hangover a baby movie? Well, if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then The Hangover is a baby movie. There's not a lot of baby here, but that's actually a very good thing, as four nitwits go to Vegas for a bachelor party and lose one of those nitwits. The baby is fun, and the baby's mom is played by Heather Graham, who is as goofy and vacant as ever. One of my favorite scenes is when a police officer kicks down the door gun drawn, yelling, shut that baby up, shut that baby up. Rob Riggle usually makes me laugh. Next from 2017, The Boss Baby. This is the first of two animated baby movies that were submitted. This one stars Alec Baldwin as a suit-wearing baby, stay with me, who teams with his older brother to stop a dastardly plot involving puppies and babies. This movie's kind of cute, and it deals with sibling rivalry and uh, the value, you know, that the new baby gets a lot of the attention, uh, which tends to happen in both the animated and the real world. Uh, the adversarial brothers do team up and work together as siblings often do, which is always nice to see. Steve Buscemi is the villain with the name Francis Francis. I love that. And Alec Baldwin riffing on his famous Glengarry Glen Ross line by taking a cookie away from his brother and announcing that cookies are for closers is just gold. Next is from 2000, Rugrats in Paris. I never remember my girls watching Rugrats, so I haven't really seen it. I love that for parents, kids' shows seem to only exist in the years your kids were growing up watching TV, other than that, what they watched when they were kids, of course. Does that even make sense? It kind of makes sense to me. If, if your kids never watched Teletubbies, you never watched it either. If your kids never watched Barney, well, you're lucky because mine did, and it was horrific. So since I never remembered Dakota or Hannah watching Rugrats, I was new to almost all of this, and it was pretty scary. What on earth is going on with this bunch of kids? They are out of control. And the twins? Were they based on the twins from The Shining? They sure gave off that vibe to me. Creepy times two. All in all, this was a fun adventure involving way too many kids. Speaking of way too many kids from 2000 and the Disney Channel, Quince. Parts of this were like a horror movie to me. I cannot imagine having to handle five babies at the same time in any situation. Starting with being inside mom. Now, that has to be so odd. I mean, 
it's got to be weird having another human inside you. It's going on forever, but still. And maybe twins would be a little crowded, but five, five of them in there. And then the birth where they, they just must keep coming at a furious pace, all queued up and waiting for their turn. And then, and then caring for them once they're born. Are you shitting me? Five of them? All at the same time. I have two daughters who were born 1,162 days apart. Now, babies are a lot of work, and a lot of work had to be done when they were little. But Lisa and I had 1,162 days in between to kind of regroup and get ready. These kids were arriving fast and furiously. I had never seen this, and it was fun, and it was so Disney. And the breaking of the fourth wall during the entirety of the movie as the 14-year-old sister walks us through stuff was also so Disney. Here's one that's not so Disney from 2007 and Judd Apatow knocked up. I never liked Katherine Heigl for some reason, but after re-watching the next two movies, I've changed my opinion about her. She's fine, and she's actually pleasant. I'm sure she'll be delighted to hear that. This Judd Apatow comedy is about a one-night stand that produces a baby. The comedy part is that the dad is Seth Rogen, and he's an absolute mess. He's a clueless slacker whose business project with his clueless slacker friends, who are funny, uh, is a porn website that actually already existed. Every time, you know, they they tell somebody about it and they and they go, oh, you mean blah blah blah, like, and they spent year seems like years on this. Now, I've always thought that conceiving a baby should be the process should be way more difficult than what it is. There should be some kind of test to pass or something. People like Seth Rogen's character in this movie should not be allowed to introduce other humans to the party. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Next, from 2010, it's Life as We Know It. There's a sad premise to this film that made me think that Disney was behind it. Disney movies, where all of the parents are dead. Katherine Heigl's back co-starring with Josh Duhamel, who I still do not like, as a couple who really don't know each other but are best friends with a couple who have a baby. Oh, and then the parents die and legally leave the care of their baby in the hands of this mismatched couple. The couple have nothing in common and fight all the time, but the baby eventually brings them together. I guess that could happen. I'm not buying it, but I guess that could happen. Next, from 1987, Three Men and a Baby. This is considered an 80s classic, and it's the only movie on today's list that was suggested by more than one person. If you've seen this, you may remember that it's the story of three swinging single Manhattan bachelors who have a little baby left at their doorstep since one of them is the baby's father. But do you remember that the plot of this movie also involves heroin dealers and a criminally negligent mother. The sequel to Three Men and a Baby should have been about the arrest, the trial, the sentencing, and the imprisonment of the mother. Who leaves?
leaves a baby at someone's doorstep. Is the baby named Moses? The three male characters are stereotypical skirt chasers that are all about scoring with as many chicks as possible. And that trope is so 80s and it has not aged well at all. So, other than the casual misogyny, the heroine, and the awful mother, this also pointed out that men are supposedly clueless when it comes to caring for babies. I actually saw that a lot in these 11 movies. Some of us are actually capable of caring for infants. Really? Next, from 2008, it's Baby Mama. Just my opinion. But Amy Poehler and Tina Fey should be in every movie together. They should also host every awards show. They're awesome together, and it's a natural as opposed to contrived awesome. Baby Mama features a clueless Fey who hires a semi-grifter Poehler to have her baby. A pregnant in real life Amy Poehler once had a skit on SNL where she was hooking up with James Brolin in a bar as Greg Allman's I'm No Angel played on the jukebox, and it's still one of the funniest SNL skits I have ever seen. Jason Sudeikis is, I think he's the bartender, or he's one of the patrons, and, you know, she's flirting with him and everything, and she gets up, and she is like eight months pregnant. It's hysterical. Anything with Faye and Polar is worth watching, uh, guaranteed for several laughs, as is Baby Mama. Next, from 2007, it's Juno, Thundercats Ago, which is the best announcement a mother has ever had before delivering her children. That's case closed. Um, It would be nice if we lived in a world where all high school pregnancies were treated like the family treats it in Juno. Dad J.K. Simmons and stepmom Allison Janney handle the situation with a nurturing and supportive yet sarcastic and snarky attitude, which seems totally natural for these characters, while being maybe a little unnatural for the real world. I hadn't watched this in a long, long time, and I was glad to see it again. Elliot Page is absolutely adorable as Juno, and the supporting cast is lovable, with the exception of Peter Pan, Jason Bateman, whose character is just kind of yucky. This is a sweet movie that deals with teen pregnancy in a positive, non-judgmental way. Juno is refreshing and reminds you that people can be nice, and nice people can have good things. And the last film we're going to talk about today is from 2009, and it's Away We Go. Maya Rudolph and John Krasinski are wonderful together as expecting parents on an adventure looking for the ideal place to live and raise their child. Along the way, they check in with friends and family, all of whom have radically different ideas about how to raise a child. Maggie Gyllenhaal plays a mom who's still breastfeeding her kids who are walking and talking, and she also hates strollers because, I love my baby. Why would I want to push it away from me? There are so many child-rearing strategies in the world. There is as many child-rearing strategies as there are children, I think. Lots of these movies showed how clueless new parents are, and they really are, and it's not a problem. It's nothing to be worried about because I mean that in a good way. And they also had quite a few scenes showing how bad selfish parents are. They're just terrible. 
Um, listen, you can prep all you want. You can read all the books you want, but it won't matter. When that little human joins your family, everything totally changes in your life from that point on. And no book can prepare you for that. In one of the films, a character played by Paul Rudd is watching his, his young daughter play. And he, he's talking about bubbles. And he says, I, I can't imagine loving anything as much as my daughter loves bubbles. That's the magic of kids. And if there's anything I love more than bubbles, would <laughs> my girls. I can honestly say that my life is so much better because of Dakota and Hannah. And I can also say that I am a better person because of them. They make me so proud to be their father every single day. Thank you for that, my sweeties. Well, that's a wrap for here at Cinema Wellman as we await the two new arrivals to the Cinema Wellman family. We hope you join us again next week. Oscar nominations are being announced, and we'll go through the list in an episode we're calling, and the nominees are. We hope to see you then, and until then, take care. And if you're giving birth, be safe. <laughs>